0: Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Burgess Hill. This message is by Rohan Andrew. Okay, so the message, I'm just going to pray before we get into the message. Yeah, Father God, I just thank you for our children, Lord God, I thank you for our teenagers and young people that are here with us today. And I thank you for everyone, Father. And Lord, I just pray that as I go through this message this morning, and as I I pray that you speak through me, Father, and you just give something to every single person to take away from today and apply to their lives and change their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, Colin, we didn't talk about what we were going to Uh, I I didn't tell Colin what I was going to talk about this morning, but it was kind of obvious I might have touched on um, New Year's resolutions, but then Colin started going into talking about New Year's resolutions. So I'm going to kind of link in with some of what Colin said. Uh, We stole some of the things that I was going to talk about. It's okay. It's okay. I forgive you. Um, But, yeah, I am going to talk a little bit about habits, New Year's resolutions, Bringing discipline, certain disciplines into our lives, making room for God. Now, um, a few weeks ago, we were preaching about the the King is coming. Do you remember that? Um, Coming up to Christmas. Uh, So it was looking up, looking in, and looking out. So looking up to God, looking in at what God wants to do in us and change in us, and looking out towards other people and how God wants to do stuff in their lives. So this morning. I'm gonna just focus on Jesus being the center of our lives. Who's heard of that um, worship song, Jesus be the center of it all? Yes, I think that's part of the lyrics, yeah. Uh, But Jesus, you know, I was listening to that actually this morning in the car, Jesus be the center of it all. Uh, I love that song. And um, I just wanna talk about, is Jesus the center of our lives? is he gonna be the center of our lives in 2022? You know, at the beginning of the year, it's a good time to kind of make some decisions to say, this is the way I want the rest of my year to go this year. And as Colin said, we don't always kind of um, manage to keep that going for very long when we make a new year's resolution. But I believe this year, I believe God wants to do something in us this morning where we do kind of make a decision to say, okay, God, I want you to really be in the center of my life. I, and I, I kind of had a picture of, of God like being the axis, the a- axis of, of the wheel. That's the correct word, isn't it? The axis. So you like the spokes of a bike wheel or a car wheel or whatever come out from the axis. We want Jesus to be right in the center. So, yeah, as Colin said, many, you know, at the beginning of the year, many people make New Year's resolutions. Uh, we want to get fit, we want to be healthy, um, we want to get more spiritual. You want to get better at something, but often they're quite short-lived. And um, they, don't, they don't keep going for very long, do they? Um, you know, I think we're we're better at keeping bad habits going than we are at starting good habits and keeping those going, aren't we? Sometimes. I mean, I know a few months ago I um I started to, I start, I wanted to get a bit more fit so I started to run, I started to go for a run every, every morning and um, I said to myself right, every day, well, for five days of the week, um, I'm going to go for a run and I started to do it and I was, I, was, I was getting kind of in the habit of doing it and I was getting faithful at doing it and I was, before I was dropping the kids to school in the morning I was getting up early going for a run around um, like a park that's near us um, in Crawley and I kept that up for maybe a couple of weeks, And then on the third week, it was like, okay, well, I can't really do five days. I'm gonna do four days. And then it was like, then a week after that, it was three, then two, then one. And then it got cold and wet. And I was like, I can't really run around the park now. So I'm just gonna give up. So I stopped. And um, that's probably like a lot of our habits or things that we try to form or things that we try to kind of do. Um, they, They often can be short lived so I started to research into, okay, how do you keep a, habit, a new habit going, a new discipline going? How do you get it kind of bedded into your life? And one of the first things that um, I kind of learned when I was kind of looking into all this stuff was not to, make, not to try and do too much. Make, start off with something quite easy, manageable, simple, I'm just gonna do this one simple thing, and then keep that going, and then add to it rather than try and do too much, and then you' have to decrease it and decrease it and decrease it, and then you get discouraged and then you stop so just starting simple and you know I'd recommend that to to, to all of us you know sometimes you know especially at the beginning of the year we're going into prayer and fasting um, as of next week, uh, I think it's the Sunday we're starting on the Sunday. Um, you know, some of you might be thinking, well, I want to spend more time with God. I want to have, I want to plug into God more. I want to press into God more. I'm going to spend an hour with God in the morning, maybe, you think. And and often, if you've come from doing nothing with God in the morning to an hour, that can be a long time. So it's it's a good idea to just start small with like five minutes with God. Read one one verse from the Bible, one verse of scripture. You know, there's some scriptures that come up on the website every day. You know, read that bit of scripture, read one verse, pray it through, apply it to your life, do SOAP. You know, that's on the website, we've talked about SOAP before, scripture, observation, application, prayer. Just take something very small and keep doing that week after week, day after day, and build that up. And then you get to kind of 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and then, and build it up like that. And that way it kind of beds something in. Um, you know, in, in, with the relationships that we have with people in life, um, you don't just have an amazing relationship with someone or friendship or, you know, relationship with one of your loved ones. It doesn't just happen like that, does it? You have to... It takes time. It takes effort. Um, you've got to sometimes make sacrifices. You've got to make room for, for that person to spend time with them, to invite them to things, or you go to meet with them and hang out with them and have a laugh with them or whatever. You know, relationships take time. It's something that you have to work at and it's similar with God as well. It takes time for us to build up a momentum of relationship with God, a a kind of, it it takes time to carve out that time to make room for him. You know, I think we spoke about that a few weeks ago when we were talking about um, the looking in part of the king is coming, it was about making room for God. Force, he won't force his way into our lives. He, he wants us to come. He gives us this cho- a choice to have a relationship with him. And he wants to have a relationship with us. But he gives us free will. And he won't force his, his will on us. He won't force himself on us. He wants us to just freely choose to come to him. Freely you know, choose to spend that time with Him. Choose to be in that, to spend time in prayer, in worship, in His Word. Spend time in the relationship and just building that relationship up with Him. You know, when you 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 hang out with someone, have you ever thought? You know, how does it how does it make you feel when you've just been with someone, maybe a friend or family member? You know, people you like to hang out with often when you spend time with them, you come away, you know, feeling happy, feeling joyful, feeling like you've, you know, feeling maybe encouraged or, you know, that person's really spoke some really cool stuff into your life and you just go, you come away often when, you, when you're around someone you really like, feeling good. And, you know, you, in any relationship, we bring something to that relationship and the other person brings something to that relationship as well. And when we, in our relationship with God, he brings so much more than we can bring to the table. You know, he brings so much more into that relationship. And I often think that, I mean, our part in that relationship should just be, you know, probably is that we just bring ourselves to him. We just bring our time, our availability to him. And he brings all that he is into that relationship. And when you spend time with God, I don't know about you, but I often go away feeling, feeling good feeling encouraged, feeling built up, feeling strong, feeling like I've connected with God, feeling like I've been filled with something, feeling life, Fe- maybe feeling love, feeling just that God is there. And it's all, you know, we, we need to remember as well that when we have that relationship with God or spend some time with God in the morning, that's not, it doesn't end there. It doesn't end in that hour or whatever the five minutes you spend with him. It goes on throughout your day. It goes on throughout you know throughout all of your life. But it's important to give God that room and spend that time with Him. Now, in the Garden of Eden, God um, He set before Adam and Eve kind of life and death, didn't He? He, he set there was a this tree of life. And there's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And he said to them, you know, you can eat from all the trees in the garden, including the tree of life, but don't, you know, don't eat from that tree because if you eat from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you'll die. So he set before them, he gave them a choice. And in Deuteronomy 30:19, 19, when, when God was speaking to Israel, he kind of gave them a, a similar kind of word to them. He said, uh, it says this, it says God said, I've set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. And I believe that every day of our life, God gives us the opportunity to choose him and to choose life and to choose blessing. He's given us the free will, like I said before, and he wants us to use our free will to choose what's good for us, because he wants the best for us. He loves us, he wants the best for us. He wants us to to be everything that we can be, everything that he's created us to be. So he wants us to choose life, not selfishly, that he just wants us to himself. It's like, for your own good, choose me. Choose what's good. And throughout our day, he calls us to choose to love one another, to choose to forgive one another, to choose to be patient, to choose not to, you know, talk about people behind their backs or, you know, say horrible things to people. He wants us to choose to be those that encourage Other people choose to be a blessing to other people. Choose to help people, and he obviously wants us to choose him, and choose to pray, to worship, to seek him, and choose to talk to other people about him. You know, in our lives, when as we as we're going through our lives and the busyness of life, you know, we have to make we have to make intentional plans to to bring God into our day. Because if we don't make an intentional plan to bring him into our daily life, you, how many know like it's the default kind of plan of our lives will just take over. The busyness of life will take over the kids, the job, the money, the whatever you're doing. Um, things will just take over. So he wants us to be intentional and make room for him. Because if we don't, the th- business of life would just push him out. The things of life just push, push time with him out. You know, like the story of Mary and Martha, um, I think it was mentioned a few weeks ago as well. And Martha was so busy, busy, busy with so many things, and she was so distracted with everything that was going on, preparations that she, needed to, she, she thought she needed to make for Jesus. She missed out on the most important part of Jesus being in her house, which was What Mary chose was to just sit at his feet and just listen to him, to be in relationship with him, to have that intimacy with him. In Luke 10, at the end of that kind of story about Mary and Martha, it says this, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. And Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. So Mary chose to sit at his feet, to hear the word of God, to receive the word of God, to get that impartation from God. Um, She chose intimacy. intimacy. She chose to stay close to him. She chose the most important thing and Jesus said that won't be taken away from her. She chose to be with the one who was life itself, life eternal. Now Jesus' words and Jesus' word is spirit and life to us. And in John 6, um, Jesus said this, the spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I've spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. You know, how much do we need those words of spirit and life in our lives on a daily basis? You know, later on in that chapter, John 6, Jesus was um, kind of speaking to his kind of wider disciples and... um, some of them were leaving because of some of the things that he was saying. And he said to the 12 disciples, he says, you do not want to leave me too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And that was a powerful revelation that, that Peter had there and that some of the other disciples had there, that they knew he had the words of life, words of eternal life words that are spirit and we need those words in us like mary she just sat at his feet and just listened to those words received from him and she got you 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 just get built up how many time, how many people have spent time with god and you you come away feeling built up you come away feeling stronger you come away feeling in a place you, you're in a place of peace you're in a place of where the priorities have kind of been set a bit better in your life and in your head you feel whole you feel stronger and that's what the words of spirit and life, the, his words of eternal life are. In Hebrews 4, it says, for God, uh, sorry, for the word of God is alive and active. So living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So his word is living and active. We need that every day, don't we? In Psalm 119, it says, his word is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. We need that light to our path. We need that guidance to where we need to go in our daily life. In Jeremiah 23, it says, Is is not my word like a fire, declares the Lord, like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces? So his word is powerful. It changes things. It can change lives. It can change people around you. It can change circumstances. It can change whatever's going on in you, around you, with whatever is happening in your life. His word is like a fire, it's like a hammer. Matthew 24, Jesus said, The heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. His words are eternal. Now, Isaiah 40, The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of God endures forever. His word doesn't return to him void. His word goes on forever and ever. In Matthew 7 it says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And we know the rest of that story, that when the winds and the waves or whatever came and tried to break that house down, it stayed firm, it stood firm. Because in this situation, they heard the word from God, heard the word of God, put it into practice, and it's like a firm foundation for our life. Amen? In Luke 11, Jesus replied, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. You know, He wants us to not just be those that hear the word, but be doers of the word, hear the word. You want to be blessed, Jesus says right there, rather, blessed rather are those that hear the word and obey it. So we want to be obedient to his word and his instruction, his direction and his kind of, leading of where he wants us to go and what he wants us to do. In John 1.14, and this is, this is where I'm kind of landing this message today. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who, became, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus is the word he's the epitome of the word he's the life in the word he is the word and he came from the father and he dwelt among us so the word of god is a person so when we're reading that word in the in the bible it's there's there's life in it there's a person in it he is the word of god and we need the word we need jesus in our lives daily And lastly, that scripture that says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that scripture is talking about the rhema word of God, the revealed word. So as you're reading your, your Bible or you're doing your one verse a day, or you're going through the scripture of the day or whatever, as you're reading that, God wants to speak to you from that. So it's, and he gives a rhema word and a rhema word is something that is alive, that is f- that specific word for your specific situation for your day. He gives you that specific word for you. And it's kind of like you can read a chapter in the Bible, and some bits of the chapter come to life and are like, yeah, I, I really receive that. I need to apply that to my life. It's like revelation comes from that little bit. And that's the rhema word. That's what God is wanting to speak directly into your life right now for whatever's going on in your life. And when you get that word it's like faith comes from that faith comes from that rhema word and you can apply your faith to that word and then apply it to whatever you need to apply it to I'm just going to look at the parable of the sower many of you would have heard of that um that scripture or is a part of the parable that jesus gave and um, I'm just going to read a bit of it, and I'm just going to read the explanation that he gave of the parable of the sower, and you'll, you'll pick up what he was talking about. So in Matthew 13, it says this. So Jesus is talking. Listen, then, to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown among, along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes, because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life, and I've put in brackets the cares of this world, other translations call that, and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. So the last bit is what I want to focus on, the seed falling on the thorn. So when the word of God comes, uh, or when God's revelation of his kingdom comes, or when he, he wants to reveal himself to us, and I'm kind of relating it to that time that we need to spend with him, The cares of the world or the worries of life can just block it out. They can be like those thorns or the weeds that kind of can block out what God is wanting to say to us, wanting to do in us and wanting to communicate to us. Things of the world, the busyness of life, the trials of life, the stuff that goes on in life uh, that might be happening with your family or your job or just your mental health or whatever it may be or whatever's going on. It's like the things of life can just block out what God is wanting to do. And what we want to do is make sure we're not allowing those things to block that time out with God. We want to make sure we're being intentional with our time and marking, carving time out just for him so that these cares of the world and all of that stuff don't block him out. Because actually when you spend that time with God, it's like he puts those things into order he sorts them out, he will worry about them, he will, well obviously he doesn't worry, but he'll sort those things out, he'll deal with them and you just keep your focus on him and the things that he wants you to do. But if you try and do it the other way around where you try and sort those things out and you try and manage all of that kind of stuff, and yes there is obviously things you've got to do in your life to sort things out, but when you try to get so deeply involved in those things and put God down the list or put him to the side it's like those things become bigger and stronger and harder to deal with and they're like the thorns and they're like the weeds and they they block out the word of God in our lives but we want to be those that produce a crop yielding 160 30 times what was sown. we want to be those that when we hear the word of God when we make that space for God we act on what we hear we you you know we respond to what God is saying what God wants us to do So we wanna make sure we're being like Mary and sitting at the feet of Jesus, where he can encourage us, he can restore us, he can strengthen us, and he can kind of direct us in where we need to go and what we need to do. So over January, for 21 days, we're gonna be fasting. And you know, fasting is a really good opportunity to get some things in order, to get some priority in order in our lives, amen. The whole point of fasting really is to lay down some things that aren't or shouldn't be so important in our lives and take up things that are more important to bring God to the forefront of our lives. So, you know, we might lay down whatever we decide to fast, whatever God leads us to fast, but mainly food, meals, and spend that time with him, spend that time cultivating time with him cultivating relationship with him and obviously we've got different meetings that are going to be happening throughout the week there's also going to be some um daily devotionals that we can kind of just tune into that are going to be on the website and there's going to be some audio um bits that you can listen to and some video bits you can watch for certain for certain days but every day there's going to be a devotional Um, And that's a great opportunity to kind of read that, listen to that and apply that to your day. And just before I come to the end, what I want us to go away with is just David's heart towards God. And this is from Psalm 63. Because David had a heart after God and he had a passion for God. And you read in the Psalms that he had this devotion, this intimacy with God and this kind of just desire for God. He just wanted to be near to God. He just, the, the way he worshipped him, the way he kind of followed God um, is very, very inspiring. And, you know, we've talked a lot about intimacy with Jesus over these last, well, probably over the last six months to a year. And David is just the, kind of the epitome of, of how to have a relationship, an intimate close worshipful relationship with God in Psalm 63 he says this oh God you are my God early will I seek you my soul thirsts for you my flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water I don't know if you ever feel like that sometimes that you're in a dry and weary land where there is no water where there's no spiritual water you know but as we spend that time with God you know we get filled up we get filled up with that living water that comes, from, that comes directly from him. But David was saying here, early will I seek you. And I actually looked into that, um, the Hebrew word for, for early, you know, talking about early, seeking him early, because in some other translations, it says, earnestly I will seek you. But the Hebrew word says sh- for earnestly or early is, sh- 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 I can't pronounce it, shakar, sh- sh- <laughs> shakar. Something like that. Which means, and actually the the understanding of that word can mean early, can mean earnestly and diligently. Because it actually, the the kind of description of that word is to rise early and diligently seek something or someone, to eagerly seek something. Um, It says to dawn, which means to just, to get up early. To be early, at any task to search for something early or someone early but it's kind of has a kind of interchangeable meaning where it's it's talking about seeking something first and that's what David was saying here and, and I'll just read it in another translation It says oh God you are my God earnestly I search for you so in the morning It's always a good time to meet with god in the morning before the day begins before the things of the day kick in and stuff starts happening in your day it's good to just make some time with him right at the beginning of the day i think when pastor jonathan dyke came to preach in crawley i think he said something like you know we need to grab hold of the day before the day grabs hold of us you know you need to get ahead of the day just you decide what's going to happen in your day today you, you speak the word of God over your day. You pray into your day. You sp- pray over the things that are going to be happening in your day. And that's what David was, um, was saying here. He's saying, oh God, you are oh God. Earnestly or early, I search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I've seen you in the sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I'll praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feasts. I will praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night because you are my helper. I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. David really had, you can tell just from that tiny little bit of psalm, that he had a passionate desire for God, and that he grabbed hold of God, clinged to him, and God did amazing things in his life. You know, Jesus used to rise early and go up to the mountains or just get away from the crowds, get away from the disciples, get away from the busyness, and he would spend time with God. You know, I always thought that when you hear stuff about Jesus spending time with God, was, it's was like, you know, there's a scripture that says Jesus only did what he saw his father do and i like to kind of think that when jesus went away to spend time with god that actually is that god would show jesus exactly what he was doing or he's going to do that day and he would say jesus you know lay your hands on this person you know there's going to be a blind person you're going to see today you know lay your hands on their eyes they're going to be they're going to be open pray for this person do this do that and i don't know about you but i know when i spend time with god in the morning often that how many of you experience that he kind of prepares you for the day and sometimes things you're already ahead of the day you're already ahead of some of the things that come up in your days it's, it's kind of like a discernment you just you just know okay i could i prayed into this and i'm kind of feel i sense this was going to happen today and god prepares you you're you're kind of ahead of time and you know what's going to happen well you might not know exactly what's going to happen but you're kind of already ready for the things that are going to kind of happen in that day and you're prepared for them and I believe that's how God wants us to be. So I just want to pray for us just to just to respond to this I mean well you need to pray yourself. Because hopefully from this word, I just wanted to encourage you to to be diligent, to be intentional. Mark out that time for God this year. Start small if you need to start small. You know, I'm sure many of you are making time for God already anyway. Maybe grow that time. Maybe add some depth into that time. Maybe add something new into that time. But carry that. That heart, that passion for God that David had, apply. You know, be encouraged by that. Apply that to Jesus this year. You know, the beginning of the year is a great opportunity to start something new. It is a great opportunity to to put some things in place. You know, even if you started one thing new every year that you continued to do, I mean, just as the years go on, you'd have so many, you know, new talents, new skills. You know, your relationship with God would have depth and life and, you know, growth to it. That's how you mature as a believer. You've got it's small steps, it's small, consistent steps of growth. That's maturity. That's what maturity is all about. Being able to do things over and over again, you know, in the same way and not being moved by stuff. You know, maybe this year, who knows, but there's always trials, there's always things that come up in our year. There's always things that happen, but God wants us to be ready. He wants us to be on the front foot. That's why I believe we we fast and pray in January at the beginning of the year. He wants us to be on the front foot going into the year. He wants us to be ready for the year. He wants us to take on the year. Amen. We wanna come into this year full of faith, full of his spirit, full of life, full of him. Who knows what's gonna happen this year? You know, it's almost like week by week, day by day, you know, something new is going on in the world, you know, but God wants us to be ahead of the year. Like I was saying, you know, you spend that time with God, he gets us ahead of time and you just kind of, in your spirit, you're ahead of what's going on. You, you just, you're before it. Do you know what I mean? You're not under it. You're not coming under it. You're over it, not under it. You're ahead of it. You're not behind it. You're not just catching up with the news. It's like God's kind of, He knows what's coming and you're you're already with him ahead of it in the spirit. So what I want you to do is just pray. um, And you've got to say your own prayer to God. But just maybe dedicate yourself to to God for 2022. I mean, I'm sure we'll, as as the month goes on in, in the prayer and fasting and in the encounters and stuff that's going on, There'll be times where you really meet with God and encounter him and he does stuff in you. But right off the bat, second day of the year, I want you to just dedicate yourself to him. Those of you watching at home as well, just pray your own prayer to God and say, God, I just give you this year. I give you my life this year. I want this year to be better than all the other years. Use me. Encourage me, cause me to be everything that you want me to be this year. I do want to be above and not beneath, over and not under. Ahead and not behind. The head and not the tail, the Bible says. God, I want to dedicate this year to you. You just pray that prayer yourself. I can't pray it for you. Speak to Jesus. Just set yourself Apart for his purposes for this year. Surrender afresh to him for this year. He wants your availability. He wants your time. He wants your attention. He wants your love. He wants relationship with you. He wants to be close to you. Maybe you want to pray God, make me like Mary who just sat at your feet and received. But then, not just to receive for the sake of receiving, but then go out and do what you want me to do with what I've received. Give it to others. Lord, we don't want to make any short-lived promises to you or vows to you. But God, we know that in our weakness, we're strong. Your grace is sufficient for us. So Father, we just thank you for your grace for this year, Lord God. We thank you for your divine empowering, your divine enabling in us and through us for this year to go into 2022. Father, we give ourselves afresh to you. I give myself afresh to you this year, Father. And Lord, I want to be like the seed that bore good fruit, the 30, 60, 100-fold fruit. Father, I want to bear more fruit for you this year than I've ever done in any year. Lord, use me, work through me, speak through me, speak to me. Father, enable me, encourage me, strengthen me to be everything that you want me to be this year, Father God. Help me to be consistently spending that time with you. Help me to mature, to go from glory to glory this year, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. Amen. Amen. So next Sunday, Pastor Clive will be bringing the vision for the year so that's going to be awesome and then we kind of start into our 21 days of prayer and fasting like I said go to the website to check out the devotional so they'll be starting from Monday the 10th I believe but all the information about them is on the website you, you'll, you'll find it and um, the theme for the year is about God's glory the theme for the 21 days is about us encountering him in his glory and that's that's what he wants to do in us this year. He wants to reveal his glory to us and wants us to be people of his glory. Amen? Amen. Cool. I'm going to hand over to Colin. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.